I've seen our teams, I've seen our, our colleagues want to come together and support one another. Welcome to Tech Talks, the podcast brought to you by Nash Squared and hosted by myself, David Savage, that's been bringing you the latest thinking from technology leaders for over eight years. Joining me on today's show, I'm lucky to have Hannah again. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yes, good, good. I know that you are someone who likes to explore the world. Have you been to the States? I have been to the States. I have family there. Um, you have family there? Yes. Oh, where? Um, they recently moved from Philadelphia to Arizona, so they're still acclimatizing. Sweating? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they're making up for when you all fly them. over Arizona. Just looks a bit like, like I imagine Mars might look like. Yes, that's how they summarize it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. So, um, so are no. they Brits or are they American? Or uh, My uncle married an American when he went out there when he was 19. Um, wow. So yeah, so that's a nice little story. How about yourself? Have you been to the States? I'm not sure if you've <laughs> been a couple of times, have you? I'm not sure. This is this. I, I feel like I'm being mocked for my work. Which <laughs> Just such a weird seems vibe. Perverse. Yes, it does. Yeah. Um, yes, as well. You know, I I have, and uh, oh. although this interview was recorded whilst back home, um, but yeah, we are we are virtually crossing to Tennessee to Nashville. I'm assuming you haven't been to Nashville. I have not, and I did Google exactly where that is. I'm sorry I wasn't completely sure but um it's southern no. it's a southern state yes and everybody that I've spoken to said that it's amazing so yes yeah. it is countryside potatoes chicken biscuit fried chicken gravy all that kind of stuff well, you said at the end of the interview about Germany so I don't really know what I thought in my head because I don't th- Mm, uh, I don't feel like I'm totally ignorant, but I kind of assumed it being a bit more like what I imagine the Midwest is and kind of farmland and pretty flat and that kind of prairie style America. And it's not. It's rolling, it's green, and it's on the edge of the Appalachians, which if you look at a map, any idiot would go, duh, Um, but I didn't. Uh, So when I got there, I was surprised. It is wonderfully green and there are lots of lakes and rivers and... um, it's really very beautiful. Nice. Yeah. You're yeah. selling it. Like southern Germany. This isn't a travel podcast. <laughs> it's not. Is that is that you telling me to get into the uh, into No, the no. I just was like, <laughs> just in case you think you've rolled onto a travel podcast. You haven't. <laughs> no, no. Uh, today we're talking to Jared Mabry. He's the VP Digital uh, Patient Experience at HCA. Tanner points out we're rabbiting on. So we'll play the interview and then we'll come back with a couple of thoughts on it afterwards. So today I'm joined by Jared Mabry. Uh, Jared, you're joining us from just outside, just south of Nashville, which is a, a lovely part of the world to be in. How are you today? I'm good. How about yourself? Not too bad. Um, London or just near London is, is as I'm sure that you you are overly familiar <laughs> having lived in the UK. The weather is decidedly mixed at the minute. And when I was in Nashville, it was glorious. So I'm <laughs> slightly envious of the fact you're probably enjoying some summer uh, already. 
I would hate. I, I'd love to tell you that it is gray and misty rain, uh, but it is not. Uh, beautiful blue skies today. Well, you you will know that the stereotypes about Southeast England aren't necessarily true, but unfortunately, they are playing to type right now. Um, <laughs> look, before we before we get into a conversation um, that we're we're keen to do around kind of managing teams and and kind of the culture behind them. Uh, let's set some context. You are the VP Digital Patient Experience at HCA. You've been at HCA for quite some time as well, but you have, have only recently returned to the USA. Yeah, I've been with HCA for a little over 17 years and I've uh, been back in the States for a little over a year now. Do you mind me asking what prompted the return to the US? You know, it was, uh, so when I originally came went to the UK, I had signed up for kind of a two-year two journey. And uh, five years later, I found myself in a situation where I was either going to want to settle in the UK or uh, wanted to, needed to settle in the US, but I needed to settle somewhere. The expat life is, uh, is a lot of fun, uh, great opportunities, but uh, I think kind of post-pandemic, being 4,000 miles away from friends and family just kind of got to a place where... I thought, you know, it uh, feels like a good time to return. So uh, I had an amazing opportunity to do so. And uh, now I'm back and uh, loving life and uh, getting to uh, step into a new role and new challenges and all that good stuff. And you inherited a team. If we think about the timeline, you inherited a team coming out the back of the pandemic and lockdown. Um, And I suppose whilst you've worked for the same organization as you say, for almost two decades, um, a different culture and, and different working practices. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I love, um, I, I love the team that I get to work with today. And I love HCA as an organization, you know, the culture, uh, the people, it's just, uh, it's a great place to work. It's a great place to be. And, uh, but one of the things I think kind of start contrast, if you kind of separate the organization and you start to look at more broadly, uh, just kind of working culture and working behaviors. Um, you know, one of the things that was just, it's been very, uh, stark to me coming back from the UK is really, you know, we are in a, uh, I think a, uh, live to work situation still in the U.S. versus a work to, uh, to live, uh, situation, uh, like we are in, uh, the U.K. And, you know, th- that burnout culture, um, is real. And I think on the po- back of the pandemic where so many people were trying to figure out, um, what is this new normal, you know, going back into the office and trying to figure out how to handle, you know, childcare and, uh, care of loved ones and, you know, try and get into a new, uh, a new normal. You know, I think as leaders, it's been challenging to figure out how do you create that safety, that safe space, uh, for folks to be able to come back to a new, that new normal, uh, and take all those great lessons learned that we had from the pandemic of what we were able to achieve remotely, what we were able to, 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 uh, to accomplish. And then what we are now being able to have the opportunity to come back together. How do you, how do you blend this? How do you create and optimize uh, new ways of working and ultimately get creative about it? Because I think, you know, the, the paradigms of the past are not necessarily what we're held to, uh, today. Uh, we aren't forced to, uh, we aren't forced to go back to the way things were post, uh, pre pandemic. We can create something new. And, uh, I think that, you know, that's been uh, an interesting opportunity and something that, 
you know, I think for the mental wellness and the, the, the support of kind of the whole human, uh, of, uh, our, our colleagues, it's important for us to, uh, to try and work through that and figure it out. And it's not a one size fits all. As a digital leader who has worked on both sides of the Atlantic in, in very recent times, do you think there is a difference between lessons that have been learned during the course of the pandemic? You, you mentioned there about work to live versus live to work. Um, but my, my perhaps ignorant impression of the pandemic was it was a fairly universal experience. Perhaps that's not so. And perhaps that's reflected in some of those lessons. Well, I think that, you know, if you look at, you know, see, being able to see the opportunities of working culture on both sides of the Atlantic, I think it's uh, important for us to be able to, to recognize the fact that, you know, while we had this great shared experience across, uh, you know, the globe and, you know, in that it brought us closer together, but in that we also had some of these cultural, uh, I think some of these cultural um, differences that uh, still kind of, uh, I think, bubbled up, you know, and some of that is, you know, the way that we, uh, the way that we work, the way that we think about uh, that and the way that we support one another. I think that we figured out that globally that we have to support the whole human. It's important to do that and make sure that we do that in the right way. Uh, but also we've got to make sure that we are supporting, uh, that we're, we're trying to figure out how best to do that. And, you know, I think we come, we've come to a place where, um, you know, seeing some of the long hours that we all had to put into uh, during the pandemic to support our communities, especially within healthcare, uh, being able to support our communities, support one another and try and, uh, you know, ultimately support, uh, the, uh, the fight against, uh, coronavirus and how we are able to, uh, come together there was, was awesome. But I do feel that we have got to, we have to recognize coming out of it that we don't have to go back into it the way that we were and that maybe some of those lessons that we had of uh, being able to look after one another, care for one another, think about one another, think about that shared experiences, things that brought us closer together. How do we maintain that while getting back into more of a normal routine of life and, uh, and work. And, you know, again, not one size fits all. And I think if there's one thing I've taken out of this, it's that our, 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 our colleagues are not all made the same. They all have different, uh, they all have different backgrounds. They all have different needs and they need to be supported in different ways. And while they may have similar roles, uh, that does not mean that they are uh, the same person. And, um, you know, I think we have to uh, have to really think about that and how we're supporting each individual as much as possible while creating equity and being fair uh, amongst uh, all of the individuals in those roles. Uh, but it's just uh, it's just a really, really unique paradigm uh, that we're starting to uh, that we're seeing and have been in for a little bit now. You mentioned there the, the need to look after or treat treat each individual as an individual. And you've mentioned human a couple of different times as well during the course of the conversation. And whilst I agree with everything that you're saying, I suppose the interesting thing to ask is, how does that reflect itself actually in day-to-day -day management of a team? Because without due process, it could get really complicated, right, for a digital leader. So to doing that in a way that actually allows the team, as you say, to be equitable, but also to, to still get productivity out of the team must, must be challenging. 
Well, it, it can be, but I mean, I think one of the things that uh, let's let's look at the pandemic. Working hours were different for uh, during the pandemic than they were, uh, you know, before kind of pre-pandemic. We were able to uh, operate on different shifts at different times, and people were able to uh, deliver quality work during that time. So, as we come back to the office, as we come back together, how can we take that lesson and say, okay, well, if in, uh, if, if if I create flex- flexibility in a shift for this uh, this person because it works better for their schedule. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. As long as I offer that same, as long as I'm doing that uh, equitably across the board and we're able to, uh, to deliver uh, for our business owners and make great products for our patients and for uh, to serve our communities, that's a uh, that's a win. And if I can do that at uh, if I can do that at scale by again being able to be um, equitable in the way that we do it, being able to consider options and trying to be as flexible as I can be, knowing that sometimes. I won't always be able to accommodate every request, but I can try and I can try and listen to those needs and try and look for opportunities to uh, accommodate them as much as I possibly can, while still making sure that we're able to deliver and making sure the team feels well cared for. I think that you know the other thing about that is that. I've seen our teams, I've seen our co- our colleagues want to come together and support one another. Uh, and so in those situations where maybe there's some nuance, there's a unique circumstance, uh, I think that uh, everybody understands that there's a re- we should try and be as flexible as we can be. Because if somebody's an incredible uh, colleague and just does amazing work, I want to bend over backwards to try and support them in every way I can. And again, do that equitably across uh, across the team. But I really want to try and make sure that um, they feel cared for, uh, again, as a human being. Because, you know, I think, you know, we, we, we think money is important. Compensation is important. But being in an environment where you can do really amazing work and you're empowered to do so, and you feel well cared for, that you feel like your development and that uh, is uh, is a priority. You feel like that you are uh, taken care of as a human being, not just as a number, uh, is important. And I think that that's one of again an, one of those things that coming out of the pandemic's been really key uh, for me to humanize uh, uh, humanize the situation and look at these uh, these opportunities to to support where I can. Just out of interest, you, you've been a chief information officer um, in, a, in a couple of previous incarnations of your role. Obviously, we've said you're, you're now VP of, of digital patient experience. How do you see that role of a, of a CIO within an organization evolving? There are some reports that suggest that kind of board membership is slightly down, but it, see, it sounds, listening to you, that you would reflect this wider kind of shift to it being even more strategic and um operational i suppose and a, and a business leader than than ever before which actually has a huge bearing on the on the direction of an organization absolutely i think as you see this convergence of digital which is uh very business uh business facing and business uh outcomes focused um you know coming together with the technology and we see that reliance on uh, core technology uh being a a key not just a key differentiator for most organizations as we continue to move forward but really is a uh as table stakes to be able to deliver um you know we that role 
needs to and continues to uh, be more strategic. Um, you know, if we if we put our CIOs or uh, CDIOs back in the box and just tell them to go focus on the tech, we've missed the opportunity to, uh, I think, take advantage of this momentum that we've had post-pandemic mm-hmm. where you have massive digital adoption, a desire to leverage tools and capabilities more than uh, ever before. You know, I joke that, you know, before the uh, before the pandemic, my uh, my grandmother had no idea what Siri was. Uh, during the pandemic, she spoke to Siri more than me. And, um, you know, it's it's being a bit now she she likes using these tools. She you know, my dad was a staunch, uh, a staunch uh, write the check and send it in the mail uh, kind of guy to pay his bills. And uh, even he has switched to uh, online bill pay. All of these things are just gentle shifts. But they're shifts in the direction of leveraging technology to uh, to support um, you know kind of day to day functions, and you know we've got to uh, we've got to continue to ride e- even gentle uh, waves of momentum uh, to kind of push towards that. And I think most organizations are trying to uh, continue to focus in doing so. And you know obviously there are head- other headwinds that have come up over the last several years that cause everybody to pause and. Uh, take a moment and say, how do we uh, best direct our funds? Uh, but uh, doubling down on technology and being able to drive efficiency, automation, uh, and uh, also look for new ways to engage uh, your customers is never a bad thing. And uh, it's it's always a good investment, as long as you do it with uh, the right intention and uh, eyes wide open. Just as a final word, I, I spoke to one of your colleagues who's in, who's based, sorry, in, in California. You're a North Carolina native, and now you find yourself in Tennessee. Nashville's yeah. an area that's that's booming at the minute. Lots of people moving to Nashville. It's got a reputation for healthcare amongst other sectors. What do you, what do you think is is going for the for the region, and why so many people are attracted to the to the city? You know, uh, Nashville's a great uh, a great town. It's uh, it's a fun place to be. It's got a great vibe. It's very uh, very vibrant uh, community, um, and I think that you're seeing a lot of organizations uh, come and invest here, like Amazon and Oracle. You're starting to see uh, opportunities for uh, you know as you see more tech companies and you see more industry, you know, folks uh, start to look at healthcare as a uh, as an option. Uh, you know, there's no better place to to work in healthcare than uh, than in Nashville, and uh, I think that being able to look at uh, being able to look at those uh, those opportunities, um, you know, Nashville's uh, Nashville's a, a tough place to be. Not to mention, it's beautiful here. Uh, rolling hills, green, rolling hills, lots of green, uh, and uh, so you've kind of got that great blend of lakes and greenery and hills and um, really friendly people and mix that with great opportunities to work and enjoy uh, enjoy life and uh, that's not a that's not a bad deal someone told me recently that they thought it was the southern germany of the united states which yeah. for europeans is is quite a nice way of, th- of thinking about what it looks like as somebody who spent some time in the uh, kind of German countryside, I'd, I'd have to agree. I think that uh, that makes uh, that makes a lot of sense. It's uh, 
It's beautiful. You can be in a major metropolitan area, and then 10 minutes later, you can be uh, driving down a windy country road and, uh, you know, see uh, farmland and just uh, natural beauty. And that's a, uh, again, that's, it's a nice balance. Absolutely. Well, look, Jared, thank you for giving up some time and talking to us this morning. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. All right. Thank you, David. Out of interest, your uncle, has he ever talked about American working culture versus British working culture? I suppose if he moved there when he was 19, he hasn't really experienced British working culture. He did work a little bit in the UK, but we are going back quite a while. Um, Mm. But I just can't get over how different it is whenever we do talk about it. So my cousin who works out there, who's six months older than me, how different it is. Like she literally, and I'm going to get this wrong, throughout the rest of this conversation works to live Hmm. no live to work she the one where you're really committed and you've got no other choice what's that one um lives Lives, to work lives to work she's that one yeah Yeah. absolutely and jared jared talks about that and he talks about the fact that that burnout culture Mm. is real and i think that's interesting because you don't you don't think of America necessarily, sorry, the United States of America. I will piss off anyone in Latin America or South America if I do that. Um, but um, you don't think of the United States of America as necessarily being a foreign country, which is stupid because obviously it is. But because of that whole language thing and because so much culturally is shared when it comes to film, to television, to music, it feels very familiar. But actually, and you see it, even within our own organisation when you get talking to colleagues, the attitudes towards work, it's wildly different. And it's interesting to hear someone who has spent five years working in the UK very recently, he only returned to the States um, a year ago, talking about that and talking about basically not missing out on the opportunities and the lessons learned during the pandemic. Yeah, I think what he was saying about that culture and the culture shift surely it's got to change. He was saying about all of the positive learnings from the pandemic, which was a really nice way of putting it, because I don't think a lot of people necessarily think of all of the positives that we've learned from it and just the change in work culture and expectations. But I think it just harks back to the thing of if you can get the job done, then it's kind of like... It doesn't matter where you are or what times you're working or what you dress like. It's as long as you are skilled in what you do and fundamentally like you're an all right person, like you're not causing loads of drama and stuff. I think that's where the preference should be. And that's surely where working culture, I've definitely seen it being in our organisation. That's where the focus should be. And that's where the rewards and also what's, encouraged in the working environment do you i don't know is that not yeah look i mean i think it's really interesting when people talk about you know not one size fits all and we're looking for equity and we're looking for fairness yeah what we had prior to the pandemic was an attempt to conform everyone to a particular way of working Mm. that wasn't actually necessarily particularly conducive to a lot of people but there there never appeared to be a choice Mm. really yeah it was Monday to Friday, you, you commute. That's what you do. You you show up at the office mm. and people went in when they had 
colds and they went you know and christ every time the kids went back to school everyone in the office would get ill and it was just oh it's that time of year and everyone just kind of accepted it and it's it's mad Mm -hmm. and here we are on the other side of it going not you know one size doesn't fit all and and jared talks eloquently about the fact that you know you can't accommodate every request but you'll Mm -hmm. listen and i think that's the big difference now is that organizations need to not lose sight of the fact that they need to listen and they need to help the team feel cared for as an organization and i think a lot of a lot of managers line managers have recognized that but i think the other thing that he mentioned that i think is really true and is universal is that that he witnessed the team come together and feel cared for and i think from the moment the pandemic started through to today people are more aware and i think they ask how each other are with it actually meaning something more than it used to I think, yeah, that human element and just being more vulnerable. We've, I think we've said this in lots of other circumstances, just us connecting on a more human element, that listening, that consideration. It's meant that people, I think, are connecting better. And also it means that they can work better because they, they've got that language to use and they know each other more. Um, I just think the working culture can't go back to what it was because it just wasn't accommodating, it wasn't inclusive, and it, it it's not the best for people. Mm. If if you want to go into the office five days a week, then absolutely crack on. But enforcing something like that when circumstances show that it doesn't agree with or it isn't mm. the best for efficiency for you know, the returns that you want from your colleagues, from your teams, absolutely we've got to stick with more flexible working practices. Um, I remember being in a, I got to sit in a round table when I first joined the business. So this was, as we were really just, I think we were still in lockdown and they were all CTOs, CIOs, and they were all going about, they were worried about their, the individual's mental health, like their team's mental health um, during the pandemic, but also then that human element of going and thinking of new ways and being more creative and more collaborative as a team of going, how can I get them more involved? How can I open that communication channel? What technology can I leverage to now introduce to then go, how can I engage that colleague that I know has really been suffering or that they live alone or I'm talking to them in a different capacity and now I know more about them and their circumstances. I think that's that was really interesting. And they've them in a leadership role have never really had to deal with something like that before, but then having it be pushed to the forefront, it was um yeah, it was enlightening. It's interesting, isn't it? Because there you're talking about people being quite intentional with their thinking. And Something that I kind of sometimes feel that the, the Digital Leadership Report, National West Digital Leadership Report, talks about this journey that we're on where organizations are working out how much of our lives are going to be in office versus hybrid working and what that looks like and what that balance is like and what's the general direction of travel. And I sometimes feel in the UK that we're a little bit like, oh, we'll just kind of bumble along and ooh, we'll, we'll, we'll land on something. Whereas the Americans, the Americans, and this is this is a generalization. They love, they love process. They love process. 
my god do they love process and it's like it, that, i think that's true like if you read like stories about brits who've gone over there and like the dating scene and actually just watch programs and and like look at like they love defining stages of stuff mm. whereas i think and i've spoken about this with my wife before it's like in, in the uk you just like after like several weeks of kind of seeing each other you're like are we are we yeah i think yeah <laughs> whereas in the states it's like very rigid um they like asked on the first date they're like so where's this going yeah. very <laughs> you're tense. Like, oh my god <laughs> yeah and i kind of think look the states has traveled further because of where they were if we go back to jared's thing about you know, live to work and burn out, burnout culture is real. To where they were at the pandemic was a bigger journey than perhaps we, we had to take in Europe and in the UK. And therefore, actually, when we're trying to work out what the process is and what the organisation should look like now in things like the digital, digital Leadership Report and the events that we've been having around the UK recently, talking to Americans who've had to work that out more and probably be more intentional because it's been a bigger step process could really be quite enlightening um because i think they've gone through a, a bigger stage uh, a period of change rather and they've probably been quite process driven about it yeah and i think what you were saying at the beginning of this not to say that all brits are bumbling along but <laughs> not not for that but i think a lot of companies went We'll just test the waters a bit because we don't know what the appetite's going to be, and have given themselves more flexibility and sometimes grace to go. Is this working? Is this the best way of approaching it? And I think that's where either sometimes measurement comes involved, or the importance of data of going. Are we getting the feedback from the team to go? Is this working for you? And then being flexible enough to then go. No, this is the policy that's actually working the best, or this is what my team's saying, and this is how I'm going to introduce it. Instead of going, this is the policy, this is what we're sticking to, having, you know, and then that's going back to, you know, us conforming to what it was before instead of mm -hmm. going like, this is this is the best approach because of what we're seeing at the moment, but that's that doesn't mean that it's gonna be like this forever or it might change. Um I think that's where it's important to then go, how are you either measuring it to see if it's working for your teams or have you considered other ways? Are you being flexible enough for the considerations that are coming up once you may have agreed on a, on a process or a policy with it? Anna, thank you for taking the time to chat to me today. Thank um, you for having me. Jared, thank you for being our guest and we will be back on Tuesday.